Hello everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Brew with Manly. This is Mehmet, and today we're going to make and discuss about our new set of coffee for this summer from Burundi. We have just dropped uh, two lots from the same processing station, um, the Gakenke processing station in Burundi. And today we're going to brew them, but before that, uh, as usual, I would like to introduce those coffees and the coffees in Burundi. Um, what I, I really like about this coffee and why we picked that is a good introduction to summer type coffee. Usually summer coffees are quite bright and you know, floral, juicy, and, and quite fruity. Typical Ethiopians or Kenyan coffee. Uh, and as an introduction, I like to transition from uh, the more kind of sweet, very deep and rich coffees to those uh, lighter, brighter, and delicate uh, coffees. And Burundi is, to me, one of those origins that have um, the best of both lands, if done properly, of course. A little about Burundi coffee. Burundi has, has long been really overlooked um, in the coffee industry in comparison uh, to its neighbor, right? The East African coffee are usually uh, the ones that uh, we talk about when we talk about African coffees. And uh, just until recently, we start really developing and getting interested more into those coffees from Uganda, Congo, Rwanda, Burundi, Tanzania, etc., etc. And what makes it really um, interesting is that the coffee, the country's coffee, is produced almost entirely by smallholder farmers, and they organize really well into um, nice uh, cooperatives and um, and the processing stations, where they all have a say in the um, in the organization and the direction that they want to to have for for the coffee, and the coffee in general have a really distinctive sweet, uh, clean with some floral uh, floral coffee. That's why I say that they have the best of both worlds, and one of the reasons is because the uh, so Burundi is trying to expand this um, this agricultural work and improving the coffee quality by um, by reproposing and offering great um, great products and great also uh, varieties. And here they are using the red bourbon. And I, red bourbon is one really of the sweetest, very um, very round um, variety. Often, uh, mostly used in Central and South America, uh, but here we used it in the African soil. So you can imagine having this African terroir with a, um, a sort of more Latin twist, and that will be sort of the um, the the outcome, the aftermath that we're gonna have. Um, the uh, Gakenke Central um, Washing Station. Um, is basically serving about um, 22 hills around the uh, Gatara region in uh, in Kayanza. So here you have several smallholder farmers that organize themselves around those hills, and um, and uh, the processing station helps to facilitate the communication and organization. Uh, with the uh, with the washing processing, uh, drying, etc., etc., etc. The washing station was uh, built in '91 with about okay, like kind of 200 drying beds and uh, a lot of like two flotation tanks, 10 fermentation tanks, 
so it's, a, it's, com- it's almost like a um, collective uh, cooperatives where uh, every farmer can really uh, farm their own coffee and um, and have access to this um, this estate. Um, a little bit about the coffee we are going to uh, to have. So the washing station once again is managed by uh, Gretchen. Oh wow, that's a long name, but Nanqua Hombae, and uh, and employs nearly almost 2,000 farmers around the hills of the city. And basically, each farmer here has about 250 red bourbon, uh, and all handpicked. And that's also what I like is the um, the precision in uh, in the variety and the harvest. It's all harvested uh, ripe and it's all red bourbon. So we really have a quite a consistent uh, product at the end of the day. Um, and each tree, um, just for for you all, like little uh, little tip or little information, yields an average of 1.5 kilos. So that's about two points, uh, almost three pounds. Right, yeah, more three point something pounds of cherry. Uh, so on average, every farmer sells somewhere between 750 pounds on average annually, and um, which is not a lot for, for coffee farming. That's why uh, they really focus a lot on the quality to get more for uh, the work that they are producing. Um, so regarding these uh, coffee, here I've sourced really two um, two lots, one washed and one oro yeast honey process. Um, both have um, three characteristics, three main notes, but in slightly different um, aspect. Both are sweet, fruity, and floral. On the sweet for the um, wash process is going to be quite candy sweet like very sort of brown sweetness to it that is almost like a, a candy whereas for the um, uh, the honey process it will be a little bit more honey like a little bit more this herbal floral honey um, aspect on the sweetness for the fruitiness on the wash we will have more mandarin orange and on the um, honey process, a little more lemony and peach uh, vibe to it. And both are absolutely and very floral. Um, one will be a little bit more uh, chamomile, black tea-like, and the other one a little bit more elderflower. But I keep it as a floral aspect of it. Uh, but that's how I really love those, those two coffees, because they both have... It's the same tree, right? It's the same harvest, it's the same farmers, but just the process here is different. So it's a great way for you guys to really taste side by side. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to brew those side by side. And um, so we can compare them um, directly. Um, Let's discuss about the process a little bit. So um, after uh, sorting, so basically once the... Uh, cherries are harvested the same day within within a few hours these cherries are delivered to the processing station and uh, then they are sorted usually with a flotation tank when you put whole cherries in in a water tank the heavy one the dense one fall at the bottom and the floaters the unripe one stays in the top that's an extra layer of um of uh of quality controlling 
And after sorting, because after that process, the cherry is uh, pulped within six hours. And um, and they use using machines basically that remove uh, the skin. And uh, even during that pulping, they use a specific machine that can separate the um, the cherries between high and low grade once again by density. Um, and uh, after that, for the wash process, the coffee is uh, fermented in water uh, from the nearby stream. So it's really natural uh, water for 10 to 12 hours. And that depends on the ambient temperature. Once again, uh, when we talk about fermentation and especially drying, that time changes almost every year because the weather uh, changes all the time. And everything is, is tracked and, um, and, and sort of uh, stored in data so they can really track for, um, for better quality control later on. Um, then uh, the coffee wants, uh, because during the fermentation, an agronomist checks the beans regularly to ensure that it's had the perfect time, and they get sampled every 30 minutes. So it's a really intense quality control process, and we can really see that on the green coffee and the roasted one as well. That that consistency is um, is quite quite impressive. Often um, you will hear that coffee from Rwanda or Burundi have can have this little potato defect that can happen of course uh, but the more control it's put at the farm the uh, the better the quality is and among all the brews i've made and the sample roast i've done i haven't uh, encountered any uh, then uh, the uh, coffee so after the pro the washing uh, fermentation it goes into um, into those little canals uh, where they once again sort by density. Uh, a canal is nothing but a kind of a stream of water where um, where the the, uh, the parchment coffee, which is the coffee without the skin, passes, and then with a wooden bar you pushing the um, the beans. And once again, beans that are floating are uh, sort of second grade or lower grade uh, coffee here it's very interesting it's the first time i've seen and i've seen that they the channel separates the bean into seven grades meaning that it has usually seven uh kind of loops imagine you know when you're in the airport or in a amusement park all the loops to, you have to make awaiting the line so same thing but with um with the water passing through and at the end of that line when it's um um, it kind of turns, it has like a little screen. And this one, uh, screen to catch any floaters, basically. And this one has seven steps to it. So that's something I've never really seen. Usually you have two or three, but seven ways of, um, of blocking the, the less, less dense bin is, it's quite impressive. Then is a drying stage. Once again, from two to three weeks, depending on, um, on uh on the weather and the temperature and here um you have the pickers that pick the coffee uh the cherries they go to the um drying table and they just pass by and check any defective or damaged beans and that's what um makes really this also this coffee quite um quite uh high in quality because they always visually check and they check the moisture as well. Drying is is not 
the stage where you are going to develop flavors, but it's, it's the stage where you want to minimize any defects and any um, any bad thing that can happen because then the quality can really drop if the um, drying is not done properly and it can impact obviously the price. All right, and all of this is closely controlled um, and uh, and monitored and helped uh, by a company uh, in Kayanza province of Burundi called Greenco, and those are the ones that are pushing for the boundaries of um, innovation and quality. They have been nominated in all the Cup of Excellence competition in uh, in Burundi, and this sort of helps about 13 uh, washing stations all in the Kayanza, which is in the north of um, of Burundi. Uh, and a lot of social economical impact, um, thanks to all that effort, it helps more uh, young um, people from Burundi to get into coffee and not really drop the unemployment by almost half in the Kayanza province. So it's a, it's not just about the quality that we are talking about, but it also helps in a bigger scale uh, the people there. That was the washed coffee. Um, well, regarding the social impact and, and green coal and the harvest is the same for the, um, the honey process, but here, uh, it's on the, uh, fermentation that is different. So remember, we are sorting the cherries. Yeah, I'm just going to wet my filter while I'm talking. We're going to uh, sort the cherries within six hours with the popping. It's sorting again by density. And then, uh, for this honey process, the cherries, are, um, are depopped and left in the fermentation tank. Now we're not using, you know, uh, the water. It's a honey process. And we apply yeast, a specific yeast from Lal Cafe. Lal Cafe is a agro, um, agricultural sort of company. And um, they basically d develop yeast for all kinds of industries. Yeast is not uh, something, it's something that happens all the time in any fermentation, right? Cheese, wine, beer, all those fermentation stuff use yeast, either um, specific yeast or natural yeast. And in washed coffee, in natural coffee, there's always yeast uh, kind of happening naturally uh, through uh, through oxygen or anaerobically. And here, uh, it's a specific yeast called Oro, O-R-O, that has been added to the parchment in the tank. And after 96 hours of fermentation, the uh, the laid out on African beds for three to four weeks. So here the drying is slightly uh, slightly longer, um, and that's because the yeast really um, sort of moisturized more the beans, so they needed to dry slightly longer to be between uh, kind of eleven and a half and twelve percent uh, moisture content. And um, and then the same uh, same process uh, later on. Um, well, except that here, uh, yeah, something I, uh, I haven't mentioned for the wash process, um, the beans are covered with uh, tarps during during rain, um, and and they really make sure it has 11.5% of uh, of moisture content, uh, and they try to really trace every single um, uh, drying bed in um, in uh, in the processing station because there's, there's more than 270 uh, drying tables in uh, Gagenke uh, washing station. All right, all right. Let's brew the coffee. 
when we brew coffee, you know that I always like to talk a little bit about uh, the roast. And here both are lighter roast. The uh, honey process is slightly lighter, probably just one shade lighter than the um, than the washed um, coffee. And if to be more precise, it's about on the uh, light cells about four points lighter. Um, Mm. Very, very, uh, I just grinded it so it smells really, really fruity. And, um, and here we have a uh, total roast time of about, let's find that, uh, nine minutes and 30 seconds uh, for, um, for the wash process. And and almost 10 minutes, nine minutes and 50 seconds for the uh, natural process. Uh, we developed the coffee for only a minute and uh, five seconds on the honey process and a minute and 20 uh, seconds on the uh, washed uh, process. So usually the, here our honey process has slightly uh, um, later crack time. So we were a little more gentle, but with the wash process, we went all, all in. All right, so when we're gonna brew the coffee, um, it's it's quite a light roast in the South African coffee, and it may you may experience sometimes uh, clogging if it's too fine. So don't hesitate to go a course, right? The recipe here is a 65 grams per liter, and uh, more importantly, uh, we're using a four pour um, brew. Uh, using 92 degrees uh, water, um, and my water here is 50 ppm on alkalinity and uh, 50 ppm on the general hardness. So quite a soft water as well. And the water temperature sits at 92 degrees. And uh, regardless of the dose that you're using, here I'm using the, the one that I've uh, recommended on the website, which is 20 grams dose for 300 grams of water, but you can use uh, kind of, I think, 15 grams and 240, et cetera, et cetera. Just make sure to have a four pour, equal pour. So here, 300 grams is four times 75. That will allow the bloom, the first pour, to be more than uh, three times the amount of, um, of coffee. That will really allow a nice saturation for 45 seconds. Then the second one, uh, we really create more agitation, and the last two ones is just to add some uh, weight. So let's start. I have those two together, and so when you pour, try to pour as fast as uh, possible. All right, so 75. There we go. And here, um, here I am using. A, a V60 with the Abaca uh, filters. And so you'll see that it's um, it can slow down towards the end. Uh, even if it looks quite fast in the beginning, don't don't worry. The target time is within three minutes. Uh, I like to stay a little bit under, but if it's three minutes or three or five, that's fine. 45 seconds, I'm pouring my second pour of 75 grams to 150 
once again quite fast. So I like when I pour, when I say fast or aggressive, to really be aggressive in those circles and then finish in the center to add some weight and that will accelerate the flow a little bit. And, and here uh, the trick is that as soon as you see the, um, the drip rate when, you, when, the, when the coffee is dripping, slightly decreasing in uh, flow, you pour the next one. So now at one minute 20, I realize that and I'm pouring until 225. This is a, quite a fast uh, pour and then it's a really slow um, slow end here. And I'm about to pour now the last one at one minute and 50. So really we get rid of the pour and all the water quite quickly here. And the idea is to just let slowly the, uh, the water do the job. And what's interesting in this coffee is um, is really the um, those profiles in those two coffees because here I made those those two coffees the same way and we will taste them and uh, we're going to do grind size I forgot to mention as I said stay quite coarse so if you are using a, um, a Baratta Anchor uh, start with 20 uh, probably uh, for that uh, recipe and maybe 18 if you use less uh, less those for the commonante here i am using 30 clicks um so start at 30 clicks and then you can always adjust based on your preference and probably a little bit uh, finer maybe uh, maybe 28 uh, for a smaller dose but try not to go below 25 clicks uh, as it can create some clogging uh, clogging effect and in terms of micron, we are around uh, 800 uh, or 750 to 800, depending on the uh, on the machine that you're using. So here we are almost done. We just passed 30 minutes. Uh, let's just wait a little bit more. And here, here we go. So 310, a little bit more on the um on the washed and the honey really drips a little bit a little bit faster we are done in three almost three three or two all right that's that's perfect and here's because i also kept the same same grind size but probably uh, we will go a little bit uh coarser on the um on the washed unless you really enjoy uh, here but very sweet uh, cup of coffee. And on the uh, smell, you can really smell that deep sweetness and floral. You don't smell much um, fruitiness. Uh, first, you really smell sweet and floral, sweet and floral. Um, a little more sweetness coming from the, um, the washed and very delicate floral is coming from the um, honey process. That's Cool it down quickly and give it a taste. Mm. Extremely sweet on um, on the on the wash when it's hot. When it's hot, you really have this this candy sweetness, this like brown sugar sweetness, um, characteristic of you know this region in this coffee. When it's washed process, it's a very clean washed coffee, and 
um, about the honey process, that's also what I like about this, this process. It is very clean, very delicate. Mm. Less intense in the, um, in the sweetness, yet really, um, really round honey sweetness, a little bit more kind of softer, um, and very balanced coffee. The, the honey process is very, very balanced. Whereas here we really have on the wash coffee a lot of sweet, uh, first. Let's cool it down a little bit. So just to cool it down faster, I use glass. It's not the best way to drink coffee. Um, I mean, it's good if you want to really experience the full spectrum quicker. And as it cools down, our wash coffee is getting uh, more floral and a little more balanced. Mm. Now that's where I really love that coffee when it's not hot, but kind of um, kind of in the middle between hot and cold. Mm. Excellent. Seven forty honey. The honey, um, the floral notes really really picks a little bit later on, and we start having some free like uh, lemony notes. The peach apricot kind of stone fruit aspect will come at the end, which I find very interesting. Um, why when it cools down, you start having those notes. Now, on the texture, we are lighter on the honey than the, um, the wash process and with a very clean uh, aftertaste here. It's a very, very clean coffee. It's a clean, delicate, uh, juicy, sweet, bright. Those are the adjectives you can use for, uh, for this coffee to describe both the acidity, the texture, and also the balance. Mm. Mm. So on the wash now, as it's uh, a little bit colder, now we have this little orange cake, this little mandarin cake. Mandarin has this little tartness to it. And, but you find once again the floral and the sweets that is still, uh, still there from the beginning. So it really, when it cools down, I would say within um, kind of, 10 minutes once you start your brew. Uh, so maybe like five, six minutes after you are, um, you finished brewing. Um, you really have this nice balance of, uh, of flavor between sweetness, floral and, um, and fruitiness. On the honey, as it cools down, we are, we start losing slowly the honey. And we have much more floral, lemony, and uh, peachy. Very a little bit closer to a um, to an Ethiopian coffee, for example. And that's um, that's really what makes this an all in balance. Nothing is really stealing the show, which uh, which makes this coffee quite quite unique. By adding the yeast, you see, they change the internal structure and really emphasize the cleanliness of um, of this coffee, and that's what makes um, yeast fermentation, the uh, clean yeast fermentation, a really interesting subject, where farmers can really emphasize different notes with yeast. And here we we pick the one with the oral yeast because I found that it was the cleanest. Um, and you see that sometimes it will be difficult to pick those two if you have those two. So if you have subscribed to our um, our coffee offerings, you will receive 
one or those two either this month or next and um, try to pick up um, the difference in those uh, those two coffees it's um it, you will be able to do it it's but it's quite similar in a way that's why i really picked those those two coffees instead of having like two opposite ones because uh, if we are familiar if you're familiar with our coffees we have this ethiopian wash and ethiopian natural and here i wanted for our subscribers for the people who supported us to really improve their um their palettes and their uh sensory skill by getting something a little bit closer uh that way you can really improve your uh your tasting skill your sensory um by tasting those side by side because they are quite quite close uh when uh when we picked these coffees this was just one yeast you have the oro yeast the intenso yeast and another one i forgot and some really emphasize more you know that little um little funkiness some more the fruity or the citrusy and this one was more like about the floral aspect of it that's why we really have a big floral notes in this um, in this coffee that was our summer introduction to summer coffee um i hope you'll give it a try we only have one bag each um it's a really small um small little uh, little project that i wanted to do uh for, for all the people that supported us and uh, i hope you'll try those coffees and let me know how it goes thank you very much and next time we will pull those on espresso <laughs>